Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by Sarah Hall, the award-winning author behind such novels as The Electric Michelangelo, How to Paint a Dead Man, The Wolf Border and most recently Burnt Coat. And on the 7th of May, Sarah will be hosting a special show on BBC Radio 4 entitled We Are All Living in OK Computer Now, which will not only celebrate Radiohead's 1997 masterpiece, but also explore its impact on music, culture and politics. Sarah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you and whereabouts are you joining us from? Thank you very much for having me. Um, I am in darkest Cumbria um, in this amazing recording studio near Orton. Oh, very nice. Well, the new Radio 4 show, looking at OK Computer and the huge impact that it had on seemingly everything uh, that was going on around that time (laughs) and still seems to, to have today. I mean... It's hard to know where to begin, really, but I I guess it would be good to know, first of all, what you can tell us about the show that you will be uh, hosting on Radio 4 and what listeners uh, can expect from that. Yeah, so it's the 25-year anniversary of the album's release, you know, quarter of a century. So it seemed like really the right time to revisit the album, see who it influenced, how it influenced them, how broad that influence was. I mean, the the contributors on the show are pretty varied, you know, writers, politicians, musicians. Um, and just think about what it was about the album that was perhaps prescient or just hit a note in its time or actually hit an off note, you know, with what was going on because the album did kind of go against the grain um, in a number of different ways. And then just think about what it means now, whether it's still very current. I think it is very current, um, but in what ways? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's clearly an album that's, you know, a very holds a very special place for you. I mean, can you take us back to when you very first heard the record and tell us maybe if you were already a, a Radiohead fan and what your kind of relationship was with the band and your kind of initial thoughts on when you first heard that record? Yeah, so it got me in my early 20s, which um, I think is going to be a common refrain across the programme as well. And I just finished my postgraduate studies. I was at St Andrews in Scotland and I was a fan. I I loved the Benz. Um, I wasn't like such a fan that I was about to rush out and buy the next album straight away. So it was released and then it sort of found me a little bit later on. And it just kind of sunk really deeply. I think some of the experiences I went through in that period, uh, the first time I visited to New, the first time I visited New York, I was, you know, listening to the album. Um, and the kind of political climate at the time, every, everything seemed to kind of come together. And I don't know what it was. It just affected me musically, lyrically. I was beginning to really take my own writing seriously. And so, you know, at that point, I was hoovering up um, artistic influences, probably. And this music went into the making of me, along with a lot of other things. Mm. I mean, do you think that the the kind of political and cultural landscape of that time kind of enhanced the impact that 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 album had when it landed? Because, you know, we were... seeing the rise of new labor at the time the Britpop movement was kind of in full swing i guess you know or possibly was just about edging towards the the end of its peak maybe but you know it was still very much the dominant uh you know force if you like in mainstream music in the uk did that backdrop make the 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 impacts of okay computer even starker when it landed than if it had arrived say two or three years later yeah, I really think it did. And 
you're right. I mean, the kind of the Britpop scene was sort of, you know, fully swinging. And Radiohead were not that. They just weren't. I don't think they ever were. And certainly this album really defined them as not being that, as being something more original and intelligent and layered and experimental. And there was a kind of like intelligence and ambiguity to a lot of what they were doing, as well as, you know, a lot of different musical sounds going on in that album, which were different from things that were happening at the time as well. Yes, it's electronic, but there's other stuff. I mean, there's so much in there. But I think for me as a writer, I really picked up on the lyrics. They're so strange. You know, you you can't really fully interpret them a lot of the time. But it was really picking up on not exactly anxieties, but just interesting things about that era. You know, the fact that we were beginning to rely on technology in a certain way. And humans were sort of figuring out where they fit in the scheme, the kind of machine scheme, so to speak. And, you know, the kind of electioneering campaigns that had had been going on, there was a sense of really kind of unknotting some of the sort of tricks of politics. It's all in the it's all in the lyrics, you know, if you read back through. So you can see that they're they're not actually the the band, the album, the music is not necessarily reflecting what's going on. It's actually questioning it as well, which is, you know, that's the next level for musicians, I think, to kind of create something which understands the moment, but is also taking a few steps away from it and saying, yeah, but hang on, look around the edges of this situation. Let's have a think about that. Yeah. I mean, did it strike you immediately uh, that it was a a really special and really important record or was it something that kind of seeped in a little bit over time and after multiple listens how how long did it take for you to to sort of fully connect with the songs that that make up okay computer yeah so i think like any album i think there are usually a couple of tracks that do it straight away and for me it was um let down and no surprises and in some ways you know that they're quite accessible and so they were the ones that did it first and actually they're the two that have really stuck with me uh, they were my favourites. And then I, you know, as I listened more thoroughly and again and again, some of the other um, tracks on the album, which aren't necessarily musically, I don't know what the word would be, uh, sort of, you know, they're not they're not anthemic. They're not like lullabies. In fact, you know, some of them is just a kind of synthetic voice talking and you really sort of have to think about what's going on there. It's not an obvious song. It's a kind of, it's a different entity. And those were slower growing because I wasn't hearing a melody that I could pick up on straight away. You know, it wasn't an easy entry point. But actually, some of those songs are the ones that, that do stick and you can't quite work them out. And I've, I've likened them to short stories where you can't, you can't stop like going through the narrative of a song or a story. It's really disquieting. And then something at the end of it leaves you incredibly haunted. You know, so some of those tracks, um, paranoid android things like that then they're not the they're not the first call songs for me but they're the ones that have probably left more disquiet more questions in my mind about what's going on here what are they trying to do what are they trying to say um which i really like and i think in that way you kind of revisit the album and there's always something new there's always something you might have missed or another aspect to it uh, and then, of course, you, you know, as we've as we've heard from a couple of contributors, you know, the album may well be associated within rainbows. So if you think about it in a larger way, um, how are those songs relating to future songs? Is there some kind of like meta thing going on there, uh, which is quite interesting, too. But for the purposes of this, you know, program, we are just concentrating on OK Computer. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess it's the same as when you're listening to individual tracks. It's it's one of those I think that over time, I mean that that album was you know heralded and and widely acclaimed when it when it was initially released. But I feel like over time, it's become even even more significant in the kind of tapestry of, of contemporary music and, and musical history. It's become a real touchstone as one of the kind of most important alternative rock records of, of possibly the last, well, at least the last 25 years, maybe maybe the last 50 years. But it's it's one of those that as time goes on, it seems to become even more, it, it still feels as vital and kind of prescient as it ever did, I think. It's, and that's always the hallmark of a, of a of a great record and any great piece of art is when you can kind of reflect on it and go, actually, it still feels just as exciting and just as groundbreaking today because you know that was a big time for the for british indie rock bands you know and some of the music that was coming out at the time may have been well loved but you look back on it now and it can be a little bit well is, is that as good as we already remember it being i'm not entirely sure uh people getting a little bit caught up perhaps in the particularly the Britpop movement uh, uh, that was going on as well but I, I don't think that's true of okay computer i think if anything its status has been cemented further still over time and i was i was wondering if you if you first of all if you, if you feel similarly or if you felt back then in 1997 oh, this is an album that in 20 25 years time people will still be talking about as a as a cornerstone of british music i mean i absolutely agree with you i i wasn't aware at the time and i have to say i'm, I'm not a musician so i, I sort of um you know, I'm coming at the album, or I was and still am, as a fan. But obviously, it's technically brilliant. This is a very tech, technically accomplished group of musicians who go from strength to strength, and the work gets more complicated and more layered and more brilliant. So I think musically, it stands out because it's so well made. Um, it's also really immersive. I mean, one of the things that I've I've talked about on the programme, and for me personally... When I hear this album now, I don't have a sense of nostalgia to it, even though it was very important to me in my early 20s and I was listening to it again and going through these huge experiences. I don't necessarily recall those times when I'm listening to it. I don't have a, you know, I can remember getting tattooed to it in the East Village of New York. I can remember that. But because the music is somehow so immersive, because it seems to create this soundscape around you, it's almost like a soundtrack of the current and it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, at least one of the tracks was sort of commissioned for a uh, for a film. So it's got that sense of, in some ways, just activating you within the kind of contemporary film that you're in every day. So when I listen to it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is brilliant. It's almost like the first time I've heard it. I'm like driving through this completely different terrain. It's not New York City. It's somewhere else. Today, I was driving over the mountains in Cumbria listening to it. And it's looking down on the motorway on the M6 and going, you know, yeah, transport, modern ways of moving. This is absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely now. And again, I come back to the lyrics because when you look at them, you know, you've got a set of almost like prose poems or short stories or reflections on existentialism, basically. It's the big questions like, who are we? What are we comprised of? Who are we morally? When do we become technology? When does technology become us? Where do we lose our humanity? How are we manipulated by politics? Um, you know, what's love? And they the and the, the lyrics, you know, the band does it in such a way 
that is really, really smart. It kind of holds up. It's a, they're like treaties into these huge questions for human beings. Not every band can do that. That takes a particular sensibility and a particular set of writers. That is what, in part, makes this album so unique. Absolutely. I mean, did you find that it had any kind of influence on your sort of not necessarily creative process but in your work and you know as a as a writer as an author i know you're not writing music but i mean what did did the influence of of that record whether it be feelings that it may be evoked or some of the lyrical content in there was there anything in there that kind of worked its way into into the way you approach your you know your art art form yeah, definitely. Both Lauren Bukes and I talk about this on the programme. Um, it's very hard to say exactly what an artistic influence is. You almost just sometimes know that the sensuality or the sensibility of something has affected you and affected the kinds of things that you want to go on and make. Um, I mean, I can sort of pin certain things together. For example, you know, on the programme, um, well, I've been asking Lauren certain questions about which of her novels were particularly influenced by this album or by Radiohead generally. There are short stories that I can name of mine that have things in them um, that I certainly think listening to um, some of the songs on OK Computer about, you know, uh, bits of technology like coming together with humans that that's definitely gone into kind of the making of me because I have a sort of science fiction I have a science fiction aspect to my work so you know stories with women you know with kind of new generation pacemakers that can be turned off you know if you want them to be if you've had enough of life just those sorts of things I can't say for sure that Radiohead were responsible for that influence but I just think if you come through a culture where uh, you know you're listening to particular things and you're thinking about particular things it begins a conversation you know you have that conversation with yourself and then you pick up on those interests or preoccupations and I think go on to kind of maybe develop ideas that are being discussed. So they certainly were influential and the quality, the quality of those songs, you know, sometimes lullaby, sometimes like even folk tale, you know, but the dissonance involved. So the words and Tom York's voice are sometimes at odds with the rest of the kind of music, the rest of the song. And you get this sense of it, it, they're in harmony, but they're not. There are kind of two separate things going on. The darkness of the music, the kind of disquiet that the music is creating and these lovely lyrics about pretty houses and pretty gardens. And, you know, you know, there's irony in there. You know, there's like cynicism and subversion in there. And it's about finding ways of kind of drawing that out. That's totally my territory as a writer. Yeah, I, I find that really fascinating because, you know, you, you hear from lots of, uh, you know, musicians, lyricists, musical artists who will talk about being influenced by novels, literature, film, and and conversely with film, you, you can often hear directors talking about their, how music has influenced their work and things like that. But when it's coming from like a an author's perspective, you don't hear as much, I feel, about the influence that music can possibly have because it's less of an obvious connection in terms of a direct influence. But I feel that that's a really, it's a really interesting insight to see how a record and to see how music can can kind of work its way into into such a different art form and w- yeah. without a direct you know I'm going to write specifically about a song or a yeah. lyric or it's more a, a sense that that kind of works its way in 
into your process. I, f- I find that really yeah. fascinating. And I'd be that's, really curious yeah. to, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, and some writers, if they're in some kind of mode, they're listening to a you know, particular album or a particular track again and again, whether it has lyrics or not, or whether, you know, it's just uh, orchestral, whatever it is. Some writers will have the same piece of music playing to to keep the mood of the work that they're working on. Um, and so I do think... I do think it is a, it's a hugely important thing. Lots of writers get asked, you know, who are your favourite writers, who are your favourite novelists and poets and short story writers and what influence have they had? And actually, the reality is uh, other artistic parts of the world, um, parts of your life are just as influential, if not more so, than any other writer could be. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, has music always been a, a kind of a fundamental, a kind of you know, key thing a big thing i guess it is a less elegant way of putting it but a big thing in your life has music always been like a a, a passion and something that's, that's perhaps you perhaps you've associated with with your own creative process even if not making music directly yourself yeah no it definitely has and it's so transporting and i suppose that's what you're trying to do as a as a writer you're trying to transport the reader you're trying to transport the reader into a world that you've created. And music does that almost in like a shorthand way. So you can close your eyes, listen to a piece of Romanian folk music and imagine you are somewhere completely different. You're kind of immersed culturally. You know, you can almost visualise places sometimes just by listening to a piece of music. And again, coming back to Radiohead and OK Computer, you close your eyes and listen to the music and it's like being, it's like a city of music. Some of those songs are structural. You know, I can almost see the structure of the songs, you know, and that, and not as a musician, just as a listener. So I think it, it is really important in terms of transporting you, taking you to somewhere else, um, letting you absorb art and culture in a way that's not necessarily direct. And that's a very good thing for, for another artist, another writer to have an indirect influence somehow or experience. I mean, I know we're talking about OK Computer, but I was, I was curious to know if if you were a fan of, the record that followed uh, Kid A, for anyone who perhaps <laughs> might not be aware of what followed OK Computer, but, uh, you know, that was a record that, you know, re- you know after how how widely, you know, kind of lauded and acclaimed OK Computer was, Kid A absolutely split people down the middle. It was a, it was a follow-up that, you know, I think these days people look back on as being a kind of groundbreaking masterpiece. At the time, I... I certainly remember a lot of critics really kind of almost treating it as blasphemy that they'd, you know, cast the guitars to one side and had gone down this kind of glitchy, strange electro route. I mean, first of all, I'd, I would just like to know if it was an album that you that you liked and that you listened to, and also if you, how important you think OK Computer was in sort of paving the future for Radiohead because it was a real pivotal record for them you know going from the bends before that and then afterwards going on to okay computer i kind of wonder if the gulf between the bends and okay computer it w- would just be too vast without something like okay computer in the middle yeah it's a really interesting question isn't it and again thinking ahead to in rainbows you wonder whether there's this kind of long game being played um i, I think especially with radiohead it's important to kind of look at the whole lot not as a whole but just I, I suppose almost like with the Beatles as well. Look at the look at the range. Look at the whole thing, and it seems like 
there is often a long, long project going on of development. And I like a bit of controversy. I like it with writers and I like it with musicians. So people are expecting one thing and they liked it and they thought that was great. That's what you're really good at. That's what you are. And then you kind of create something divisive and you've developed as an artist or as a musician. Yeah, I listen to Kid A. I like like most of the albums. I prefer some to others, but then I find myself wanting to stop and think why because I know you're doing something different. Let me think about that. It's a band that makes you think about things, and I really like that. Um, So I would always consider a bit of kind of um, divisive behaviour to be absolutely the right thing, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, interesting. Yeah, and and I I do think... Is that that, on the fence enough for you? (laughs) No, no, that's... uh, It's it's a really interesting one. I I find that it's, uh, you know, amongst... Radiohead fans amongst people that are kind of indifferent to Radiohead it's always I'm always curious to see what their views are on on that kind of run of albums that they had you know there were so many that after the bends were just you know couldn't kind of believe the direction that they then went off in because it was so different to what they were used to and others that just absolutely adore that stuff and almost kind of you know pre-okay computer doesn't exist for them in some ways it's like a yeah it's a really divisive period that but it's it is it's fascinating to um to, to to look at and, and reflect on with so many years now gone by. Um, yeah. And I think people fall so heavily in love with individual songs from their albums yeah. as well. You know, they almost, they're not like anthemic songs, but they're songs that s- really, really affect people. So they will name them, you know, um, among their top 10 songs of all time. Um, and I've fallen in love with individual songs on each album as well. So it's, it, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, to think they have the ability to do that as well. Mm. You know, it's not just that one album is it. You know, it always, it always works that way, doesn't it? It's kind of the best of, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, I know that we, we've been talking, you know, specifically about OK Computer and Radiohead, but I was wondering if there were any other bands or particular records that we don't have to launch into the same level of detail on, but that have had similar influence or impact on you that have really kind of not just stood out as albums that you like, but have perhaps helped to inform or shape the way you go about writing and the way that you go about creating art? Yeah, there certainly have been. I mean, probably too many to name, but I mean, even just thinking of lyrics, uh, Nick Cave, PJ Harvey, I really like King Creosote. You know, again, there's stuff in the lyrics there that I find really interesting. And and again, like fiction, you can kind of keep on unpacking things. Um, just so well written, the wording of some of the songs, so well written. It's almost like there's another, there's another talent on display. I know songwriting involves music and lyrics as well, but sometimes you feel like there are, there are musicians, there are songwriters that have achieved the next level of writing, of, of, of lyrics, of kind of poetry, whatever it is in their work. Um, and of course, as a writer, I'm always interested in wording. So, um, but you know, musically, there's such a wide range. Like over the years, I've kind of listened to various classical music. And as I say, like Romanian folk music, all sorts of different things. And it, it, it's sort of partly dependent on what I'm working on, what sort of mood I'm in. Um, I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't describe myself as as sort of, like a contemporary music whiz or anything. I don't necessarily follow what's going on in the music scene. Um, it's just some things find you and those are the things that sort of stick with you. Um, so I would struggle to say like who and what because it's been so varied over the years. Yeah. 
No, that's 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 fair enough. I know it's a very uh, it's a very broad question as well. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, that was, it was but really of that era of, of that artists. era. Nobody, no other band apart from Radiohead has really kind of held for me. Wow. Okay, and I, I guess last of all, I just wanted to ask what else you've been up to at the moment apart from this uh, OK Computer show for Radio Four. Is there anything else you're working on at the moment? Anything that you can can tell us about? Um, so I'm still. Uh, doing promotion for my last novel, Burnt Coat, which just involves, you know, um, festival readings and uh, things like that. And I've got my head down a bit working on uh, some new short stories and a new novel. Uh, so it's uh, juggling all those things as usual. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really interesting hearing from you and just a, a pleasure to, uh, to talk about OK Computer. <laughs> um, Thanks, so, John. yeah, thank you very much for that. And, uh, you know, all the best in, uh, in, in promoting the, the latest novel as well. Thank you. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.